Hello and welcome to Renderlust. I'm Todd Marantet and today's show is going to explore my experience with the JFK 50 mile race that I completed on November 18th of 2023. I will share my background of running and training, why I challenged myself to run an ultra marathon. We'll explore the JFK race, the history, the course, and I'll get into my specific training and preparation for the JFK that got me to the start line healthy and ready for a strong finish. Happy to have you here today. Myself, I found running in the fall of 2016 as a way to take control over my health and wellness. Those first few runs were hard and humbling to say the least. I found an old pair of running shoes and headed out in front of the door, not yet knowing what was to lie ahead. Over the next few months, running became a part of my daily life. I gained a little bit of fitness and I entered a couple 5K races with my friend Harvey Steinhoff. And I found it exhilarating. It was fun to put in some daily work and to challenge yourself on a Saturday or Sunday morning. I'm lucky to be a Path Projects ambassador. As a crew member, we're a group of passionate runners that are actively involved in the outdoor space, adventurers, running coaches, podcast hosts, to race directors, volunteer, and group run leaders. We all push ourselves to test our limits. What's Path Projects, you might ask? Path Projects makes premium running apparel for every terrain, path, and adventure. Designs the technical fabrics that outperform, outstyle, and outrun anyone. Running shorts, tops, base layers, and headwear. Everything they build is high-end, timeless in style, and unmatched in price. There are three things I love about PATH projects. First is their independent suspension design. This is where PATH separates the running short from the base layer, eliminating all chafing. And nothing can ruin a great run worse than chafing. The second thing I love is their obsession to the little details. Whether it's pockets that fit all your essentials plus extra, securely without that bounce, to the watch opening they designed into their Pyrenees T19 hooded long sleeve. The little detail make a big difference. The third, their feel of their fabrics and their style. Their apparel is perfect for the trails and for your daily life. My favorite running My favorite Path Projects running short is their Graves PX. Designed with Torre Prime Flex, it's tough yet durable with just the right amount of flex as you glide along the trails with pockets to store everything that I need plus more. They're my go-to for all my daily runs and all my races from 5K to ultra marathons. Check them out. Why would anyone want to run an ultra marathon? For me, as I was base building in the summer of 2018, I enjoyed listening to podcasts on my long, slow runs or covering reading a great book. And I came across the story of three ultra runners, Scott Jurek, Carl Metzler, and Dean Karnazes. And their stories and journeys just fascinated me. Here I was struggling to complete my long run in order to 
be in the best position to succeed at my fall marathon. And here are these amazing feats being accomplished by humans. And I was enamored. I was just completely fascinated. Right then and there, I would say that the seed to run an ultramarathon had been planted. Now the seed had been planted, but in order to stay focused on accomplishing a, a really big goal, you have to have a very strong why. It's going to get tough. Your progress is going to be slow. You're going to encounter challenges. And if your why isn't strong, you'll give up. So for me, my why revolved around a few areas. The first is to challenge myself to do something big. I enjoy the daily running. I love the training and the work. And I knew that setting a goal out in front of me that was just a little bit far out of my reach would keep me motivated towards that goal. The second, from my 2018 and 2019 marathon experiences, I knew deep down inside that I wasn't tough. But I knew that I could get tough and I could develop a grit and resilience that could only come from challenging yourself to run and to quiet the mind down and sometimes ignore uh, the mind. But by ignoring the mind, mainly it's keeping it relaxed and not letting it tell you to stop, tell you to give up. And the last area that I really wanted to explore was a deeper connection with running and with the world around us that I believe can only be achieved with challenging yourself to run a very long distance, either by yourself or with a group of others who want to challenge themselves to accomplish an amazing feat. So without a strong why, you're really on shaky ground. Building on your why, for me, I'll cover my 2022 training and racing schedule that got me to the start line healthy, ready to finish strong. My year started off with base building. I had two main races on my calendar. In addition to the JFK, I was training for a spring marathon in Dearborn, Michigan, the Martian Marathon. And I also was training for the Berlin Marathon in September. January was base building. I was focused on about seven to nine hours of running per week. And running for me, 90% of those hours were at my maximum aerobic function heart rate or lower. And for me, that's about 140 beats per minute. So 90% of my week, I was running my runs below that heart rate. Every Saturday, I was getting in a long run, anywhere from 21 kilometers, peaking up to 32 kilometers or a 20 miler as I prepped for my spring marathon. I ran a really great race in Dearborn at the Martian Marathon. I set my personal best at 347. I proceeded to take about a month off and a month off for me, time off for me is just easy running back to low heart rate, running all my runs hundred percent then, um, below my maximum aerobic function of 140 beats per minute. Uh, looking back for one more moment throughout that training cycle, the 10% of the time I would mix in a harder effort and a harder effort for me could be an interval session or a tempo session. And I would do that usually about once per week. And that got me into great shape for the spring marathon. Um, now during that month downtime, 
I ran the Harper's Ferry Half Marathon. I love that event in Harper's Ferry. Two Rivers Treads puts it on. Dr. Mark Cugazella, I'll link it in the show notes. Can't speak highly enough about this half marathon course. It's rough. It's gritty. It's amazing. Check it out. Um, and I ran that really good. Two years ago, I ran it in two hours and 30 minutes. This year, I was able to break two hours. I was surprised because it's a very hilly course. Uh, finishing that up, and um, I noticed that my left foot was giving me some problems. A little bit of plantar fasciosis. So I uh, had about a three-week downtime where it was hard to run. So I just focus on some mobility, some stretching, working on some tight calf muscles in the hopes of hitting June um, so I could do a, a proper build for the Berlin Marathon. I was able to uh, cure some of those running pains uh, as June progressed and entered into July and August with a really great training um, plan and execution. Again, peaking around probably eight to 10 hours, eight to 11 hours of running. Again, 90% at my heart rate or lower and 10% at a little bit harder effort. And I was also getting in about two to three hours of walking and hiking every single week. Um, all the little things I did, I knew it was going to be a, a hilly course. I don't have many hills around my house. So while I was at work, I work on the fourth floor. I took the stairs as many days as, as many times a day as I possibly could. And looking back on my Garmin, I was averaging 30 to 40 flights of stairs a day, um, where maybe in the past I would have took the elevator sometimes. So I did my best to, uh, to cross train, to get the hills where I could, and also have a good training block to get me to Berlin healthy and happy. Uh, made it to Berlin start line healthy and happy. I ran a really good race. Uh, Love the Berlin Marathon. Uh, it was very busy. It was uh, the, the starting block I was in. It was tough to get a, around a lot of runners. I burned a lot of energy trying to, and I still finished really good. I finished in about 355. Um, that was a fantastic race. Finished up the Berlin Marathon, came back, took about two to three weeks off. Of off again, just some downtime, easy running. And uh, I gave myself about a four-week build uh, for the JFK, uh, where I worked back up to about a 20, 22 kilometer, 25 kilometer long run. Uh, but this time the long runs were a run walk strategy where for the marathon build, I was running those. This one, I would just be testing out different run walk strategies. For those who don't know the story or background of the JFK 50 mile, here's a bit of the story. The JFK 50 mile was first held in the spring of 1963. It was one of numerous such 50 mile events held across the country as part of President John F. Kennedy's push to bring the country back to physical fitness. When Kennedy was assassinated in the November of 1963, most of these events were never held again. The one in Washington County, Maryland, however, remained. It changed its name from the JFK 50 mile challenge to the JFK 50 mile memorial in 1964. And it's the only original JFK 50 mile challenge event to be held every year since. Although it's open to the public, the spirit of the JFK 50 mile is that of a military race. It always has been and always will be. In 1963, the initial inspiration behind the event came from then President John F. Kennedy as a challenge to his military officers 
to meet the requirements that Teddy Roosevelt had set for his own military officers at the dawn of the 20th century. That Roosevelt requirement was for all his military officers to be able to cover 50 miles on foot in 20 hours to maintain their commissions. When word got out about the Kennedy challenge, non-commissioned military personnel also wanted to test themselves, as did certain robust members of the civilian population. The JFK 50 course it starts off with about 15 and a half miles on the amazing Appalachian Trail. It's gnarly, it's technical, it's ankle breaking, it's everything that you think it was going to be. You have a touch over a marathon distance on the CNO Canal. Beautiful, hard packed chip surface, great aid station support. And then you finish on backcountry rolling roads into the town of Williamsport, right towards the finish line. I had a really good feeling of what to expect because I came across a dynamite podcast, the More Miles Podcast, episode nine, where they did a great deep dive into the JFK 50 mile race um, from race veterans and from three race professionals. It was dynamite. And from there, the one nugget I took away was to have a really good race plan. And having never run an ultra marathon before, I didn't know what to expect. So I did some testing in front of my house. I knew I'd be deploying a run walk strategy. And I wanted to see in varying intervals of run and walk, uh, what average pace I could hold. And I saw that on the fast end, I could average about seven minute per kilometer. And on the slow end, around nine minute kilometer. So from there, I knew my finish time could be anywhere from nine and a half hours to 12 and a half hours. I had no expectation other than just to finish in less than 13 to get my medal. So I highlighted an eight minute per kilometer average as my goal time. From there, I went to the three crew checkpoints. I was lucky to have my wife, Jennifer, be my crew. And using eight minute per kilometer estimate, she could expect me to arrive at Weaverton around 9.50, to Antietam Aqueduct around 12.30, and at Taylor's Landing around 2.45. And that would give me an estimated finish time around 5.15, 5.30. Now that I had an estimated finish time in mind, uh, I honed in my fueling strategy. And I had a really basic fueling strategy. I wanted to take in about 60 grams of carbs every hour. I wanted to drink 400 milliliters of water mixed with UCAN every hour. And I also took an electrolyte tab uh, once per hour throughout the day. I found the fueling strategy was perfect. No GI distress, uh, no major issues. The 60 grams of carbs came from Martin. I started the race with a liter of Martin in two 500 mil bottles where I mixed in drink mix 160. And over the course of the first 15.5 miles, I consumed about a liter of water, uh, two, two packs of drink mix 160. Um, and I did notice at that point though, I had to go to the washroom a lot, a lot of having to pee on the course, which I took from drinking too much water. When I switched over to some you can hydrate, I found that went away uh, much more manageable. So that was a, a nugget I took away too, is be careful with 
the Martin and water, uh, it's better to throw in a little bit of electrolytes in addition to there to help that as well. Now race day is approaching. Uh, for me, I live in Wheatley, Ontario, Canada. It's about a nine hour drive to get into Maryland and West Virginia. And we left on the Thursday, two days prior to the race. Uh, we stayed in Shepherdstown at the Barbarian Inn. Highly recommend that. Uh, great hotel, amazing food. Um, got there late on Thursday afternoon, went to package pickup. Easy package pickup. It was fantastic. Uh, got my bib number, bib number 589. I was getting excited. Went to, to check out some merch. Uh, they had some good merch. They were just bringing some stuff out. I got there pretty early, so I was just probably one of the, the first uh, folks picking up a bid, um, but I, that was really easy. Um, that night, we had a really nice dinner at the Barbarian Inn, had a good night's sleep. Noticed that I was actually sleeping really well before uh, the Ultra, so that was that was a positive. Friday, had my feet up for most of the day. Uh, my wife and daughter did some shopping. I rested at the hotel because I knew I wanted to keep the miles off the feet. Again, had a really great dinner on the Friday night, had a big steak, nice glass of red wine, got to bed probably around 9.30, maybe a little bit later than I that I should have. I set the alarm for 3.55 in the morning, woke up before my alarm, ready to go, prepped myself by drinking some Martin uh, 160 again, had a good breakfast. I brought a gluten-free bagel down, some almond butter, I had a banana, and I brought some fuel with me to the start line. It was about a 15-minute drive. Uh, to Boonesboro from Shepherdstown it was super easy. We parked uh, on the street. Jen walked me to the uh, the volunteer fire hall where we hung out. We met Kevin and his wife, Shirley, uh, their personal best members, uh, great people. was excited to see uh, somebody that I, I knew virtually through the personal best program. And uh, it was fun just to game plan some last minute to see uh, how our strategies differed. And uh, Kevin was ready to rock that day. So it was fantastic from there. We head to the start lines, about a two, three minute walk to the, the Boonesboro Inn, the historic Boonesboro Inn. And the, um, I would say that the start line was electric. We see the elites at the front. They're planning to run five hours, five and a half hours. I stayed as far away from there as humanly possible because I didn't want to bog down uh, anybody. I got right in the middle of the pack. Uh, it's gun time. So that's something important to think about. It's not when you cross the... Uh, recorder it's gun time and right from there I, I knew I was going to take a very conservative strategy so I walked I ran I walked anything that resembled a hill I power hiked um, it was fantastic uh, we get to the uh, South Mountain Inn and that's where you start to head up onto the Appalachian Trail onto the fire road the fire road that was super tough um, power hiking it you could really feel it for a flat a flatlander like me down here in southern ontario that's a good hill i think it picked up about 1200 feet of elevation we get to the top now we're on the appalachian trail beautiful it's gnarly um, some sections are runnable but you're basically in a conga line now and you're really picking and running the pace of the people around you so it was good i i positioned myself well in the middle of the pack at the start line and I didn't find that I was being rushed and I didn't find that too many folks were, were passing me or I was passing too many folks. We all implored or employed the uh, same run walk strategy. It, it was great. Uh, we get off of uh, the Appalachian Trail, the Weaverton Cliffs. Those cliffs are gnarly. 
throughout the entire time, I'm thinking to myself, how are these all uh, the elites running this course? Like, uh, I had an estimated time of about maybe let's say 12 hours in my brain. And I knew that some folks would be running like half that time. I, I couldn't fathom it. So we, we get off the uh, Appalachian trail and, uh, that's where my first crew checkpoint is. I saw Jennifer had a, a nice sandwich, got some words of encouragement, uh, rested for probably a couple of minutes, then hit the CNO canal. I love the CNO canal. And, uh, you know what? I decided, you know what? I'm going to run for half a kilometer and walk half a kilometer. And I would do that. And then I would look at the average pace on my watch. And I was like, oh, it gave us 6.30, seven minutes, 6.30. So I did that. I, I, I got probably a good half marathon in. And then I, I decided that, well, maybe that half 500 meters was just a little bit too much. So then I mixed it up. I ran for... 200 meters. I walked for 200 meters. I ran for 200 meters. And actually I found that ladder approach better because as long as I was keeping the average I wanted to, it was fun just to mix up different kilometers. It really broke up the day. The, uh, the Sino canal to me was beautiful. The, the river on your left, the fall, the crowd support, the other runners, uh, keep an eye open for those e-bikers. They are flying on the trail and, uh, they, uh, no holds barred. <laughs> so that's a word of advice. Um, as I got towards Antinum Aqueduct, the, the second checkpoint, I did start to notice that my left leg was starting to seize up a little bit. But what can you do? Get to that checkpoint, saw Jennifer, made some uh, clothing changed. At that point, I was able to change my running shoes. I started off with uh, the Appalachian Trail with my Lone Peak Sixes, ultra running Lone Peak Sixes. They were fantastic. They got me probably a good 45, 50 kilometers into the race. Then I put on my ultra running uh, Vanished Tempos. And I knew that I I wanted that cushion. I, I wanted the, the responsiveness. And I knew that they'd feel really good uh, for walking as well. And no issues, it was fantastic. Get off the, uh, the CNO Canal onto the uh, the backcountry roads and the leg starts to lock up. And this is where the ultra running math comes in. We all hear the, the horror stories of trying to do math in your head as you're running an ultra race. I knew I probably had about, let's say 20 kilometers to go. And I was probably averaging now 10 minute kilometers, 11 minute kilometers. So, I decided like I had a, I, I had a gear down and I said, well, this is where I'm going to challenge myself. Is my le left leg really hurting or is my brain just starting to, to, to shut me down? Cause it's tired. I've been out there for a long day. Um, so I pushed myself as much as I could to keep running. I got my pace back down to probably about nine minute kilometers and, uh, finished really super strong into, uh, into Willem sport. Uh, but by this time, I'm probably about 11 and a half hours. I knew I got about a half hour ago. Left leg is completely seized now. So I just did my best to, to power walk as possible, as fast as possible. We get close to the, uh, the, the grade school and you can start to hear the crowd. It's dark out. I have my vest on. I have my, flash, uh, my headlamp on and I can hear the crowd. And I decided to pick it up. I really pushed through it. And I finished strong. I finished running. That was awesome. Got some great pictures. It was an epic day. I finished in just over 12 hours. Uh, the key is I finished. Uh, met up with Kevin and Shirley. Jen was there. We went into the, the school, got warm, 
had some hot chocolate, had some food. Uh, it was great. Traveled to our hotel to celebrate. It was such an accomplishment. I was so happy. I was blessed to have Jennifer as my crowd, uh, crowd cheering and also my, my crew support. It was fantastic. Highly recommend. So what did I learn by running the JFK 50? First, I learned that it's great to practice running trails, even though the majority of the JFK is not on the Appalachian trail. Uh, those 15 and a half miles, uh, a lot of places where you have to have careful foot placement, uh, rolled lots of ankles. I saw people take spills. Luckily I didn't take any spills, but you know what? Practice, uh, trail running more. That's one thing I learned. The second thing would be, I drastically underestimated my legs, my leg strength. So I jotted that down to get the legs and the glutes stronger for my next ultra. The third, uh, learning from it was uh, electrolytes. Be careful with just drinking water, too much water. You have to go to the bathroom. Uh, every time you stop to go to the bathroom, there's two, three minutes of time. I probably had about 15 minutes of total time that uh, accumulated by just having to stop to, to use the washroom. So I would say that uh, electrolytes, electrolytes in the water, that was key. Um, the fourth thing would be don't overthink it. I had a concerted effort going into this race that I was going to plan, but I wasn't going to get my mind all wrapped up into the details. I knew the basics. I wanted to nail the basics. I want to have a, have a good feeling strategy, practice my feeling strategy going in, practice what I was going to wear. Um, the, the shoe changes. I made sure that to have Jennifer to remind me not to spend too long at the aid stations and uh, for the most part, uh, I didn't, I maybe spent a minute or less than a minute at the aid stations and at the crew checkpoints, I, I didn't spend much time, although I did spend like 10 minutes, uh, somewhere in the course that I don't remember. <laughs> maybe that's when I was a little bit tired. I did notice on my Strava, there was like a 10 minute time where it looked like I was sitting down. Maybe I was, maybe, uh, I don't know, but, uh, that was pretty interesting. Uh, the other thing I learned, uh, another good takeaway is, uh, at the JFK, they don't allow any headphones. So that was one thing going in. I was a little bit worried about being in my head for 12 hours. And um, it actually wasn't too bad. You have a good runner support around you. You can hear some banter, some conversations. For the most part, it seems like a lot of folks run the JFK 50 together. Um, I didn't have anybody there I knew. I knew Kevin. He was out in front of me leading the way. Um, but I, I met a lot of people. I chatted with them. I'm not a huge conversationalist on the trail. I like to concentrate on running, but it was good. Uh, at no point in time uh, was my fear ever coming into reality that I, I'd be bored. Um, breaking the race up into one case, uh, one kilometer segments was key as well. Mixing up the run walk strategy. That was awesome. Keep it fresh. And the last thing, have fun. You know, road marathons are stressful. People are always out pushing their, pushing themselves for a personal best. And it, and it, there's just a vibe. There's a feeling of anxiety at that start line. Um, I, I faced it in, in my marathon races and at the ultra, it was totally different. It was laxed. It was laid back. People aren't concerned about a finish time. They're concerned about finishing and doing their best. Um, I highly recommend the JFK. 
Thank you to my wife, Jennifer, for being an amazing crew member, an amazing support of my life. Thank you to my family, my two daughters. Uh, thanks to Personal Best Program, Floris Gearman, Path Projects, and the Path Project crew. Thank you to my wife, Jennifer, for being an amazing crew member, an amazing support of my life. Thank you to my family, my two daughters. Uh, thanks to Personal Best Program, Floris Gearman, Path Projects, and the Path Project crew. 